Acts 16, Part 2, from the sermon series, Acts the Holy Spirit, spoken by Pastor Mike E. Our passage today comes from Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 40, and uh, I'm going it, to, it's, it's pretty long, and uh, I, I, I really feel like I need to read this to you today, um, but uh, before we do that, can we stand? I really think that, you know, hearing God's word... Um, is worthy of being on our feet. So I'll try to get through this. Um, <clears throat> get through this, but try to. Uh, we're going to have it on the screen and uh, try to follow along here. So, sixteen twenty-five says about midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, and immediately he and his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. The jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens and threw us into prison. And now do they want to get rid of us quietly? No. Let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. <laughs> Let's try that again. All right. This is the word of the Lord. All right. Excellent. You guys can have a seat. All right. Um, any Californians in the house? Californians. Californians. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. I'm a Californian. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm from the. I'm from the good part of California, the northern part. Okay. I have a legitimate reason to root for the Warriors. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Don't boo us. Don't boo us. We have a real reason. We have a shot. Three P, baby. You know, <laughs> but something about California is a little concerning. I don't know if you guys know this, but Northern California has the San Andreas fault on it. And that means that we are prone to earthquakes. I have experienced more earthquakes in my lifetime than you will ever see or hear about. Because here's the thing, earthquakes in California, not all of it goes reported. Only the big ones do. But in Northern California, there's always like a little shaking here and there and things like that, right? Um, <clears throat> but earthquakes are crazy funny things. Earthquakes, especially the big ones, always change the landscape. 
as soon as the earth starts shaking and things start falling down and buildings are doing what, uh, uh, this and that and bridges start collapsing, people react. People have to adjust. They have to build stronger bridges. They have to put buildings on springs because that's what they do. They, the, the, the buildings in, in San Francisco are actually on springs. So when it shakes, it doesn't like fall over and things like that. And the, the landscape is never quite the same. Now, in emotionally healthy spirituality, which is a class that you should all be taking, just letting you know, I'm uh, just, I'm the emotionally healthy spirituality pastor, so you know, that was a shame, shameless plug there. But in emotionally healthy spirituality, we have these things called earthquake events. And uh, it's, it's really a cute name for soul-shaking events, things that have shaken you to the core, to the point where life is never quite the same. This includes divorce, this includes death, um, this includes job loss. Did you know, uh, I, I looked this up, there's a, apparently there's an American Association of Stress. Okay, did you know this? Like they, their, their entire mission is to study stress and stressors, right? In the top five, in the top five, job loss is number five. That's a top five stress. That get, so a job loss, according to the American, uh, American Stress Association, is considered an earthquake event, something that really shakes your soul and where you're, where you're never quite the same ever again. Um, <clears throat> let me tell you about an earthquake event that I had. Okay. Most people, most people buy one engagement ring their entire life. Get okay. one, one engagement ring, right? Um, unfortunately, my wife is not the recipient of my first engagement ring purchase. Ooh. <laughs> like everybody just went razor focused. It's like, it's like, oh, this one's going to be juicy, right? <laughs> um, I was in love with another woman before her. And I went and bought an engagement ring. Now, I, I, I really love this woman, and she was, she was great. And um, the time came where, you know, that kind of conversation were, were, was starting to be relevant. So we went ring shopping and stuff. Now, this girl was, um, she was a little um, uh, different, let's just say. Okay? Um, now, those of you who have ever gone engagement ring shopping knows that there's only really two shapes diamonds come in. Comes in round, and it comes in square. Sometimes if you get the crazy ones, you get the little like emerald one, which I think is really cute, but like you get that one, right? Now, this girl did not want any of those things. She had an obsession with triangles. <laughs> Who sells a triangle diamond, right? So I had to go to a specialty shop to have them call over to God knows where to have them cut a special triangle diamond for me. Okay, way out of my budget, but I had to finance this thing. Cost me $8,500 for this thing, right? $8,500, I didn't have no $8,500, right? <clears throat> but I got it cut, I got it set, $8,500 financed it. And so, we, so I got it, I hid it under my, my sink and uh, I was getting ready to propose and stuff, but then I realized, hey, my parents and her parents haven't met yet, that's probably a good idea. And so I flew my parents out to the uh, to to this side of the world, and um, we all went to this nice fancy restaurant, and we sat down, and then we um, we uh, the the parents their her parents told us to leave so that the adults can talk, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, 
When we came back, we found them yelling and screaming at each other in this nice fancy restaurant. So much so, so badly that I've never seen this, I've never seen a restaurant do this before. So badly, they asked us all to leave without paying the bill. They're like, don't worry about the bill, get out. It was that bad. Needless to say, I never got to propose. I never got to present that ugly ass ring. <laughs> um, here's where it gets even, here's, here's where it sucks even more, right? And so I, um, I took that ring back to the store. And I said, it didn't work out. Can I get my money back? Now, nobody wants to buy a triangle-shaped diamond. Okay? And so they're like, you paid $8,500 for this thing? We'll give you four, 4000 for it. Okay? The ring was not even a week old, never been on a finger. Right? And so I took it, and the heartbreak that followed was crazy. It wasn't just I, I, I had that heartbreak in the moment, but I financed this thing. So every month I would get a bill, and every time I would get that bill, <laughs> I would relive the terror and the depression. Thank you so much for laughing at my pain. <laughs> that was an earthquake moment for me. It really changed the landscape of how I viewed relationships. Now, I don't know about you, but as I read this passage today, there's something that really stuck out. There was one, there, there was one thing that really, really stuck out. Okay? Paul and Silas are in jail. They're having their own earthquake event. Okay? Now, we all know, anyone who, who, um, who has studied the Bible in any capacity knows that one of, the, one of Paul's defining characteristics is that he's in jail a lot. He's just, he's just always, he's a jailbird, right? And um, <clears throat> he's just always in and out of jail, in and out of jail. But this, the, the one that we're reading today, this passage that we're reading is his first time. Okay, so this is earth shaking for him. Now, we're talking, okay, ancient Roman jails were not nice. There was no three square meals a day kind of thing. They was dirty, it was dank, it was wet. Um, they didn't have a lights on in there. It was usually in a, in a basement somewhere. Um, they're chained up, and there's no sanitation. There's no bathroom. And so the, uh, the prisoners are all chained up with their arms above their head, with sh uh, feet shackled to their feet, and they're just, like, pooping on themselves. And so you can even imagine just how nasty it must have been in there. He's having an earth shaking moment, but here's the crazy thing. The first verses about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. He was singing. Him and his buddy were singing while they're going through this earth-shattering, soul-shaking event. Where can I get some of that joy? Where can I get some of that reassurance where I can sing through my circumstances, through my earthquake events? Well, <clears throat> the answer actually comes, in, comes from a different point in the Bible. 
right? Um, so the, all this stuff that we just read, read is actually taking place in a place called Philippi, okay? Thankfully, in one of Paul's many, many, uh, many, many letters later, um, while he's, again, in jail, but this time, this is like nice jail, right? This is Jay-Z jail, right? That kind of jail, you know? <laughs> um, <clears throat> and he's sitting there, and he's writing a letter to this Philippian church. Now, you know, I can't verify whether or not he's really referring to this particular experience, but you've got to think that it's probably affected him somehow. Now, think about Paul. He's writing this letter called Philippians, the, Phil- the letter to the Philippians. On his desk, he's this old man, and he's drinking his Roman tea, and he's got this cool pen, and he's, he's writing this, right? And he's thinking about and reflecting upon his, his experiences in Philippi. He's probably thinking about that jail. He's probably thinking about how he was singing songs, covered in, co- covering it, covered in his own feces, singing praises to God. And he writes, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And here's the kicker. He gives us the answer here. What is the answer? How, is, how do we have joy? How do we sing through our, our, our earthquake moments? I can do all this through him who gives me strength. In some translations, says, I can do all these through Christ who gives me strength. Steph Curry wears a, a T-shirt that says that, right? You know, um, <clears throat> you're going to get a couple more Warriors references. <laughs> but um, traditionally, the way that we have interpreted that verse here in America is, hey, as long as I have Christ in my heart, as long as I believe in God, I can do whatever I want. Anything I set my mind to, I can do. Traditionally, that's how we've kind of interpreted it. But that's not completely right, folks. If you take everything into context, because taking the Bible into context is extremely important, okay? Um, It's not so much through Christ I can do anything. It's more like, Through Christ, I can endure anything. Do you see the difference there? It's not so much about the doing. It's so much about the enduring here. I'm going to switch gears for just a second, and I'll bring us back. I want to talk about intimacy. Intimacy. Um, I, I, I looked up intimacy on, on the internet to try to do some research, and I found a Focus on the Family article, and, it, and they, uh, they had this little cute little thing. It, this is not what intimacy actually like, means like, phonetically, but I thought it was cute. So it says, intimacy, into me I see. Isn't that cute? That's, that's really cute, right? Hallmark card stuff. Yeah. <laughs> into me I see, right? Um, <clears throat> we as human beings have a need to feel connected, do we not? We do, that is a basic human need. I don't care who you're talking to, you could, talk, you could be talking to a hermit who, who never has any contact with anybody anywhere. He, has, he or she has this basic need to connect with one another, to feel close, to feel intimate, you know? Our souls light up whenever someone connects with us. Into me, I see. We have, a, we, we, have a, uh, we have this need to be seen, to be noticed, to be known. 
boss asks you about your weekend and addresses you by name, does not your soul light up a little bit? You know? Um, whenever Pastor Peter texts me, my soul lights up a little bit. You know, it's, a, it's a little bit of intimacy, you know? Um, fourth, fifth graders. Um, it, it's been a while since I've been in fourth and fifth grade, so I had to do some research. Um, I had one this morning, and I struck out. <laughs> so let me try a different one. Fourth, fifth graders. Okay, hear, hear me out, okay? All right. You know that, um, you know that moment when you're not really feeling like you're a part of the group, but then one person says, hey, come on in, join this game. That does not your soul light up. No? Okay. <laughs> Over two. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Into me, I see. That is a deep, deep need that gets fulfilled. But then on the other hand, how does it feel when someone doesn't see you? You know, when you've been sitting behind the same classmate for four years and you finally have the courage to go and talk to them and you say, hey, Jerry, how's it going? And they look at you and be like, hey, you, you know? Or maybe, maybe you're someone who's been misunderstood and in your mind labeled as, out, uh, as an outcast and people don't see you. Or maybe when someone makes assumptions about you based on your background or your skin color, you don't see me. Intimacy, folks, has tremendous power one way or the other. It has the power to completely destroy and break you down, as, we, as I just mentioned. However, on the other hand, it also has tremendous power to build you up. It has tremendous power to get you through things that you never thought that you could ever get through. Um, <clears throat> let me bring us back to earthquake moments. In earthquake moments, intimacy is so important. Intimacy is really, really important during earthquake moments. I want to tell you a little story about something that happened to my son this week. My son, my son had an earthquake moment this week. Okay, comes home from school. He comes home from school and he's sitting on the uh, on the on the um, stairs and then he's talking and all of a sudden, boop! His mouth is just full of blood and he's holding his tooth in his hand. Right? It's his first one. It's his first tooth. He just lost his first tooth. Now he's bleeding everywhere. It's, 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 it's disgusting. And um, he's holding his tooth in his hand, and he has no idea what the heck is going on. He's never seen this before. You know? And so he starts to wail. Ah! You know, he, start, he starts to wail. And, you know, it's really funny. This is, the, this is how human beings work. Okay? He's only five, mind you. And at five years old, he had this earthquake event happen to him, and immediately his mind goes to doomsday. Ah, daddy, my tooth fell out. Now all my teeth are going to fall out. Now all my teeth are going to fall out, and then he's going to, how am I going to eat? And if I can't eat, then I'm going to die. <laughs> oh, son. <laughs> so I... Uh, I pulled a father of the year move. Check this out. Check this out. He's wailing, 
with the tooth in his hand, just screaming about how he's going to die. So I made fun of him. I did. <laughs> I made fun of him. I sat there. I wheeled with him. I said, ah, son, you're right. <laughs> All your teeth are going to fall out. You're gonna, you, you can't eat anything. You're just going to die. What's going to happen? And so we wailed together. Ah. And now, I was being obnoxious about it. Okay. Now, I'm not suggesting you should try this with your sons or daughters. Okay. My son and I have a very unique relationship. Okay, don't do this at home. But I sat in there, wailed with him, and I wailed louder and louder and louder as the time went on until my son finally like shut. He, he shut his trap because he realized, oh, daddy's being ridiculous. <laughs> Maybe this isn't that big of a deal. That's, that's, that's my parenting. You know, that's, oh man, I'm not getting a Father's Day gift this year. <laughs> But, you know, that intimate moment where, you know, we shared, we were wailing together, and that crying eventually turned into giggling, you know? That intimate moment was what he needed to get through his earthquake. Folks, Paul shows us something in his scripture. He says, through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. I can endure all things through Christ who strengthens me. What he is saying is that whether it be prison, whether it be pestilence, whether it be shipwrecks, whether it be anything at all, because I have this intimate relationship with Christ, I can endure anything. That's it right there. That's where that joy comes from, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. That's where that joy comes from. It comes from that relationship with Christ. It does. I'm not saying anything outstanding or amazing here right now. I mean, it's amazing, the message itself, but it's not anything new. You know, God is deeply intimate with us. Do you know, okay, so... I have, we, we have this tendency to think that maybe God is this faraway being from us who sits up in the heaven, who has his hands on two buttons, bless or smite. <laughs> like that, that's how we kind of act like, he, act like he is. Now, those of us who are a little bit closer to God, we say, God is my friend. He sits next to me in whatever I do. In both cases, you'd be completely and utterly wrong. Because here's the thing. Our God is an intimate God. He is a God who loves to be close. He is the God who knows you inside and out. He sees what you see. He feels what you feel. God is not up there. He's not even right here. God is right here. He is with you everywhere you go. He sees what you see. He feels what you feel. He cries the same tears that you cry. He's angry when you are angry. This is the God that is in our hearts. And folks, it is out of this intimate relationship that you can endure any earthquake. I'm telling you this. Any earthquake you are going through, you can endure. Now, don't get me wrong. I want, you, I, I want, I want, I want to make this super clear, okay? Um, <clears throat> 
Just because you have Christ in your life does not mean you should ignore your feelings of sadness or anger or anything like that, okay? Um, we have a tendency to think that just because you have Christ in your life, all of a sudden you shouldn't feel that way. And that's, that's the way I've been taught anyway, you know? But that's just not the case. You feel the sadness. You feel the anger, absolutely. But Christ goes through that with you. Christians live in this weird tension, this amazingly weird tension where we can be sad and broken and crying about something, but somehow still be joyful because we have this intimate relationship with Christ. Amen. That's what it is. You know, um, <clears throat> I just, uh, I, I just want to end off my story real fast just because um, I'm out of time here. But um, so... Here's how it all works. So after the whole ring incident, I went into a deep state of depression, which is understandable. And here's where it sucks even more, right? In that moment, what I needed most was my community to rally around me and, say, and, and take me through that, 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 uh, that moment. But let's be perfectly honest, church. Okay, that is not human nature. We don't like being around depressed people. They're hard to be around. You know, we might, we might be able to, you know, um, give them a few moments here and there. But generally speaking, it's hard to be around them, you know. And that's what happened to me. I had a few people who reached out to me here and there. But it was hard to be around me because I was just a sobbing mess all the time. And <clears throat> I opened up my scripture. I opened up God's word. And you know, while I was going through that earthquake moment, the Lord became so intimate with me. His words became my words. His tears became my tears. And there's a verse that's in, um, in, in, in scripture, in Romans, where it says that something along these lines, it says, <clears throat> When you have no more words to say, when you have no more tears to cry, the Holy Spirit will speak those words that you don't have the vocabulary to say, to express, right? And that's what happened. I opened up the book of Psalms. I was angry. I was upset. And you know what? We only get, most of us, we only get about 15 to 20% of Psalms. The good stuff. You know, Lord is my shepherd, all that stuff. You know, all that beautiful stuff. But you know, like 75, 80% of the Psalms is David railing against his enemies. Man, he had, the Lord had language for my feelings that I didn't have for myself. It's like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. You know, that is exactly what I wish in this moment. That is exactly how I feel. So the Lord and I became really, really, really close during that time. It was, one of, it was probably one of my most fruitful times of spiritual growth. Um, what ended up happening was um, I paid off the ring. Praise God. <laughs> um, and... Um, I met a Jersey girl. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you, you know all the rest. You know all the rest. The Lord provides and um, 
not only did he give me intimacy with himself, he restored my intimacy with someone else. So, so yeah, um, folks, the bottom line is we all go through earthquakes in our lives. We do. There's no way around it. Everybody goes through earthquake moments, soul-shaking moments. And <clears throat> I want you to know that you have an intimacy with Christ. That is the number one thing that I can give you. That is the number one piece of advice that I can give you. While you're going through your earthquakes, lean on that intimacy with Christ. You know, there are other things that you can do, but that is probably the most helpful piece of advice for you. Lean on that intimacy with, you, with Christ. He won't, I can't promise that he'll take away all the sadness and, and the anger and stuff like that, but there is joy in the fact that there is someone who is walking with you, who's seeing what you see, who's feeling what you're feeling in that, mo- in, in that moment. There is joy in that. And that, folks, is how you sing through your earthquakes. Amen? Amen. All right, let's go to God in prayer. Lord Jesus, I just, man, how amazing are you? That, Lord, that that you would come down as man, do your thing as man, but then when you leave, it's almost better because you left your spirit with us. The spirit that lives and dwells within our hearts and in our minds. Where your body couldn't go before, your body goes everywhere now because of your spirit that lives in our hearts. And Lord, thank you for choosing us to be intimate with. You chose us to be your children, your sons and daughters. And Lord, I I just want to thank you so much for that privilege and for loving us enough to walk with us through our earthquake moments. Jesus, truly, because of our relationship with you, I can endure all things. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing message, this amazing reminder. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Uh, I got a couple of next steps to, 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 uh, to go through with you guys. If uh, you're new to our church, um, that little piece of paper, that little communication card that uh, Pastor Peter um, had you fill out this morning, your next, your next steps are on that thing as well. And um, any of these things apply to you, please go ahead and check it off. Um, our first next step is like, I will... <clears throat> I, uh, I, I want to talk, I'm committing my life to Jesus for the first time. If you don't know anything about this intimate relationship with Jesus, if you want to know a little bit more about it, check that box off. One of us will get in contact with you and we'd love to talk to you and have a conversation about it. Um, second, um, you know, I'm an emotionally healthy spiritual, spirituality pastor. I'm all about reflection, reflection and uh, processing things. Um, I want you to take a devotional moment this week to reflect upon an earthquake moment that you are having or have had in the past. Okay? Just go through it. Go through it with Jesus in your heart. And just hear what he has to say to you. And then our third one is kind of a continuation of that. After you have reflected upon your earthquake moment, I want you to share it with someone. You know, intimacy is not only with God. We have little pieces of intimacy with one another. 
And when we share our earthquake moments with one another, I, I guarantee you'll find other, that, uh, other people who have had those same moments and can relate to you and you can connect to them in a small way, the same, in, in, a, in a small way, um, <clears throat> kind of like how Jesus connects to us. So, um, so I will share an earthquake moment with someone this week. And finally, um, I will read Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 15 before next Sunday. Hey, um, prepare your hearts for next Sunday. Take another devotional moment. Just read through the passage and reflect upon it.